Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey guys, we're using Poshmark and you should too. Do you have things that you don't wear anymore? Poshmark is seriously the easiest way to make room in your closet, make some cash, and also snag a bargain. It's the coolest reseller with the best brands like Lululemon, Nike Reformation, and Gucci for up to 70% off. DJ Khaled has a closet and Serena Williams. Download the app today. Enter Podcast 10 when you sign up for $10 off your first purchase on Poshmark. Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Konnichiwa! Minasan konnichiwa! All right, welcome to another episode of the Christmas cakey version of Talk to Cakey. Christmas cakey? What the fuck? Well, well, because we have uh, my villain academia, and the villain is Christmas cake, so so talk the Christmas cakey. Okay, then. Christmas cakey. Well, well, because, you know, Christmas cake is when a woman's undesirable over 25, and when they're not married, they're considered oh. unwanted, so. Oh, my God. You didn't know that? Um, I've heard that. Yeah, I have heard that. Oh, oh no, that that's legit. Turning away. Let me turn back to my mic. Yes, I've heard that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm used to being unwanted, so whatever. Uh, you're well, you're not female, so you can't be a Christmas cake. But uh, I mean, anyway, welcome to a Christmas cakey version of Talk to Cakey. I could provide the uh, frosting. Hi, Matt. Enjoy me. This is my co-high, Ethan. What's up? 
Oh, man. Um, we're a little bit delayed because uh, I am working out now. I do boxing classes. And um, this weekend, uh, as you guys know, Matt and I are big wrestling heads. And I still watch mainstream shit. So this weekend yeah. for me was dedicated to watching SummerSlam and uh, TakeOver and Rampage. And so um, I'm not too far behind. We're a little bit delayed because we normally would start about an hour uh, previous, but I had to catch up on a couple things. So we're not going to talk about uh, Uramichi, unfortunately. Um, we won't talk about uh, Boruto. Um, like, you know, I know many people don't give yeah, a shit. For, for, for yeah, for the one person who's dev- devastated. Motherfucking. And <laughs> we'll talk about uh, To Your Eternity, which today, as we record, is the penultimate episode. Um, we will uh, get back and we will talk about those uh, next week. Um, yeah, one, we'll, one thing we'll, I did want to mention... We'll, we'll give Eternity a proper farewell next week for the last episode. I'm curious because... Um, I, can you look this up real quick? Because on my on uh, on analyst.co, um, it shows that the, the 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 episode dropped today, and it did. But there's no like info on when the episode is gonna the finale is gonna drop. In theory, it should drop next week, but there's nothing that says that. And I was trying to find out when I saw it earlier today, when I saw that, if there was going to be some sort of delay or anything like that. Because obviously, we still have another at minimum four weeks of the season to go. So I'm very curious on that. Uh, no, I'm looking now. It still says August 30th, but I could be wrong. It could change, but as of right now, it looks like it's still still the same. Hi. Well, well, right. if we well if we don't talk about it next week, you'll know why. <laughs> Indeed. All right, but uh, despite Urumichi, I was trying to say right away, it's great. Um, a lot of genuine from Urumichi. He has a heart. Does he? Wow. That's all I'm gonna say. And there's an after credit for you, so don't skip it. <laughs> Okie dokie. All right, but uh, we're going to get to that. Um, we really don't have too much to talk about in, in terms of news. We didn't get any questions, so we're just... It'll be a nice, short, easy episode. Uh, we're just talking about the you know. seasonal continuations. Ah, we'll, 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 we'll go a little bit in-depth with some of this stuff just to make up for it. I'm sure they love our in-depth. Uh, no, they don't. <laughs> I mean, we all know fucking somebody who doesn't like them. Hint, hint. Marte. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, we got a couple of continuations. Um, I, I've seen Eternity. He hasn't, but um, I, I will say that it's great. Wonderful. I'm looking forward to the finale. Yeah. Uh, nice. A nice ending to that arc. Yeah. Ended the way he needed to. Yeah. I won't go too spoilery for his yeah. sake. All right. So let's get to. I want just yes or no question. Does Fushi get some ass? No. I know. Then that 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 is that is pointless, right? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Fushi's got to lose his virginity eventually, right? Yeah, but not to Hayase. <laughs> you think Fushi like jerks off and jizzes? Like, he's, you know, he's a team boy. He doesn't know. He, he doesn't know what that. He probably doesn't even know what that means. So no. Oh, probably man. Hayase would have would have taught him if he wasn't such a bitch about it. <laughs> Maybe Tonari will teach him. Um, no. <laughs> 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 yeah, how it ended? No. Oh man! All right. All right. Uh, but we are gonna get to Revengers first. <laughs> uh, I just or, I did watch it. We did. Oh yeah, he he watched it this time. And uh, Mikey, poor Mikey. Mikey he, went. I thought he was gonna go Super Saiyan, bro, and he passed he, the fuck out. Yeah. Well, he got hit with a lead pipe multiple times. Again, he should have been dead. He literally oh, yeah. should have been fucking dead. Oh, yeah. He's got a major concussion. He's bloody fucking lost oh, yeah. a, lot brain, of blood. a lot. Of, a lot of brain damage. Yeah. Some brain swelling, probably. Yep. 
Uh, but let's talk about Baji. <laughs> Bro. Well, before that, let's talk about Takamichi having some balls, oh. bro. Takamichi has bit. the biggest balls of the season thus far on him. Yeah, for, for a guy who just gets his ass kicked, like, he's just running in, and they're all like, who the fuck is this guy? And uh, just ignore him. Uh, one, I think one pushed him down, like, stepped on him. Yeah, one, guy, was, one, guy pushed, one guy got pushed, one guy got choked out. One guy, when he was down on his knees, got he kicked him in the fucking side of the head. That should have knocked him unconscious. Baji, yeah, when hitting him in the off. back of the neck, should have knocked him unconscious. But, you know, and of course, it was very nice. I did like that, where he called back and he knew, like, the future. And he saw a dying Hina and he, like, said, nope, I'm not going to get knocked out. And he fucking gripped hard. He had Baji Kun in a fucking waist lock and he gripped, like. Oh, hold like, on, hold on. Before that, though, let's talk about Kisaki. <laughs> fuck him. Fucking like he just comes in the very last minute before Mikey gets attacked, and he's like, "Oh, like we we got it from here. Like this was his plan the whole time." As much as I hate, like he's very uh, trustworthy. He's a smart guy. As much as I hate Kasaki too, he's like the best looking character out of them all. Like that earring is sick. Those glasses are sick. The hairstyle, it's all sick. He's tan as fuck. Nicest tan. Like he's like the nicest, like flyest looking character out of them. Oh yeah, like again, this was his plan to get the brownie points from Draken and everyone else. Oh yeah, he's the real hero here of Toman. I protected I, Mikey. I wish Mikey could tell people like, yo, I know what the fuck is gonna happen. Like y'all, you're gonna be on fucking death row. This nigga's dead. This nigga's dead. This nigga's gonna take over. I don't think Taki Mason could do that. I think he's gonna risk fucking it up. Yeah, like I would imagine like some like thing happens where he's like, doom, doom, like, uh, and he returns back immediately. No, like that's it. He can't go back. Yeah, or it's just gonna change completely. It's gonna be a lot worse. I mean, shit. The way some of the things go down, I mean, how much worse can it get? Right. Uh, but anyway, Kisaki does this to uh, get his little plan next, and then Baji Baji Kun comes out of nowhere, hits him with the pipe, square yeah. in the face from behind. He knocks his glasses. Broke his glasses, bloodied his head. Yup, it was a nice savage ass hit, but Kasaki, you know, because uh, like, every, like everybody here can get to the face and fucking not absorb any type of concussion or brain damage because, you know, takes getting like fucking run over or shot in order to actually do something to somebody. Yeah. And then uh, Chifu uh, tries to stop him, like, hey, what are you doing? Like, oh, no, I'm, he was, he, was, he was my main target the whole time, basically, type of thing. Yeah. And then Takemichi's like, wait, where's Kazutora? And then out of nowhere, nothing worth it. Nothing personnel, kid. Shakeboarded <laughs> behind him. He got rid of Baji. He stabs Baji, but it yeah. wasn't fatal yet. But he's still like yeah. he's alive. And then boom, Kazutora. Now he blames Baji. No, that guy's a fucking psychopath, bro. Like, dude, it's your fault the whole time. It wasn't Mikey? It wasn't Baji? It was your plan, bro. That guy's the type of guy to like get with a girl, beat the shit out of the girl, and say it's the girl's fault that she got beat. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Just- so uh, like, oh yeah, I got she. He got this girl pregnant. It was the other person's fault. Yeah, it was, tra- it was Draken's fault. <laughs> yeah, for her, you fucking got her and some bitch pregnant. <laughs> but you did it. No, nope, it's totally Draken. It was your chimpo. What do you mean? Like literally, it's literally your DNA. Nope, he stole it. You're a sacky boy. Turkey baster. Oh, that's so gross. Uh, I know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> a turkey baster. Somebody else has come into my bitch. Like, what the fuck? Uh, uh, people are crazy. Uh, anyway, Takemichi <laughs> tries to talk to Baji. It ain't working. Baji's like, I got this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck this guy up. And he <laughs> fucked up forty nine motherfuckers by himself. By himself with a lead pipe. Yeah. And then once he gets to uh, Kisaki, he just 
collapses. Because like the the stab wound was like it's actually affected him now. Yeah. And he just collapses on his knees on the floor. I think he's going to die this time. He well, you know, they have a pension for fucking saving stab people, so I, I but I don't I think it'd be too cliche if they did it twice in a row. You know what I'm waiting for, honestly? I feel like though somebody's gonna get somebody will die for sure in this arc in this portion of the story someone is gonna die i don't think it's anybody we think i think it'll be someone else that's important chief somebody yeah somebody else that's like important and that or somebody that is somewhat important that mikey didn't i'm sorry not that uh takamichi didn't know was gonna die like maybe chief like you said or the uh, kawada brothers yeah somebody you know what i mean like uh maybe payon um Mitsuya. Yeah, or Mitsuya or somebody, you know what I mean? So, somebody somewhat important but unexpected is instead of Baji will die. I don't know, maybe. That's you know, if Baji kept hidden, uh, he could have killed Kisaki. He could have, dude. He, like, he, he was ready to go. I mean, just let him be. He shouldn't have paused it, bro. He should have just shank and then fucking die. And life would have been good. He could have shanked him in the throat. Uh, no, the no, I would have I would, no, I would, yeah, I would just kept him beating him repeatedly with the pipe. Like just he got him down. Okay, keep wailing on the head. He would have been dead yeah. this whole like, thing bro, over. Yeah, like dude, you already made the commitment. You already smacked forty nine motherfuckers in the head with the pipe. Like you got the guy that you wanted to fucking smack with the pipe directly in front of you. Try it, motherfucker. Like, all right, whack. No, like, I mean before he got stabbed, like when he first hit him. Yeah. I would just I would just feel this to drop right there because everyone was unprepared. Mikey was unconscious. Uh, Casatore is out of the way. The guy, the his, uh, fucking guys, the homies were not. <laughs> yeah, bro. You would just I would just done it right there. Go that and then run away like bye. <laughs> but you know anime, bro. If they, we all know fucking if something didn't happen, then, then the story it, would happen. I know it's a show. <laughs> I know, bro. If Rain didn't die, fucking we wouldn't have had the fourth ninja war. You know, shit like that. The great coochie wars. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, well, you know about the coochie wars, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. That, that that seems like a no. <laughs> uh-huh. Look, look, there I was, back to back with Jesus, Bible on my right hand, machine gun on the left, ready <laughs> to blast these unholy thoughts of our divine selves. One one May later, I was out of both. I said, Jesus, I need a melee weapon. Never in my life has seen a Mexican throw sandal so fucking far in my life. Um, I killed 657 prostitutes that day. <laughs> with a went fucking down. Chancleta. Yeah, it, 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 it went down as the great coochie. <laughs> bro, I'm telling you, bro, the chancleta is nothing to fuck with. Nah, nah, nah. We yeah. digress. We digress, dude. Again, the holy sandal Mexican Jesus. That's all you need to know. Too <laughs> so um, much power in that sandal. I, I can hear the sound of ash cheese clapping every time I close my fucking eyes. My power pole... Ed- my power pole exited her mouth. He'll never be the same again. He got me to. Ya me te kurasai. Ya me te hiyuge. Ya me te kojijin sama. Hanase. Oh my god. Anyway, we're digressing for sure. This is where we're making up time because we're fucking fucking shit. All right, let's keep on going. Anyway, uh, definitely, definitely a good episode of Tokyo yeah. Avengers here. We'll get to see uh, how it all ends with uh, Baji next episode. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what he, his, his true intentions. I still think it's, again, to get to Kisaki, to get to get him out in the open to kill him. Mm-hmm. But again, a very great way to end it for that I episode. Talk, I hope Takamichi, like, I feel like Takamichi may die too. I hope he loses his virginity before he dies. 
You think he'll die at the very end? Wouldn't shock me. Like it wouldn't shock me because it's like I feel like fate. You know what I mean? I, like someone I, I, has I, to. Die. I feel like someone... it would be the. Bro- I feel like it would be the brother. Maybe I can see that. Yeah, I definitely see. What's his name? Yeah, Naoto. I see Naoto dying. I can you imagine if not that way he and that way he can't go back to back then. I feel like Naoto may be part of it in some capacity too. Like from the get go, as like a child, kind of has to at this point, right? Yeah, like maybe as a kid, dude. Like he, later on, like he joins the evil gang or whatever. Or Kasaki, like, like I don't know, fucking, like manipulates him when he's like a, a kid. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't know. There's so many possibilities, and that's what makes the anime so great is that we can come up with these fucking random ideas, and they may be applicable, they may not be, but you know, it, it adds layers, and it's it's really fucking cool. Uh, all right. Uh, before we, uh, we're gonna first we're gonna close off of our continuation with My Hero Academia. This was the big episode. My villain Academia. Yep, this is the theme of our episode with the Christmas cakey, and now it's uh, the real My Villain Academia, and yep. we are in for a treat, folks. Yep, man. First off, I just want to say that it's pretty sick that fucking Shigaraki's wearing his fucking family's hands. Right. On. That was that, that was sick. And he threw up, obviously, when he found out, like, oh, this is your mom, this is your dad, this is your brother, this is your sister, this is your best friend, you killed your dog, and then fucking all for one, and the doctor just like, I cannot help but feel sorry for him a little bit. I mean... A little, not fully, but... I mean, he's got a fucked up quirk, you know what I mean? You know, in a way, he's kind of got the quirk like the Duke of Death. Yeah, Bochan, yeah. He's kind of got it like Bochan. Where fucking everything well, he touches. He's just, he's just more. I think it's just anything. <laughs> anything yeah. he touches. But he can well, control it. In a way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, oh, Jesus. Yeah, uh, man. It's pretty sick. It's regardless, it's a pretty sick episode. We get more backstory um, with, uh, like, like you mentioned, like his childhood and how fucked up it is and how All for One manipulated him. Um, we see. Uh, What's it called? The All for One's doctor, the one who's performing the surgeries. Was okay. first was that surgery that we saw, and this is what opens up the story. The story as well. Um, we see that in more gory details. Um, the the power that he has, and we see a little bit of it when he's facing, uh, um, uh who will learn is a uh, Gigantomachia, which is um All for One's bodyguard. Right. And basically, he has to subdue him in order to gain more power. But you see a little bit of power. You notice how he like basically turns into mud and then comes back. Yeah, but um, my curious thought was was that operation? I'd imagine that was before Gigant Machia, right? I would, I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, because they basically did a they did a flashback and then they they do a flash forward. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, regardless, uh, though, it's a very great informational episode. Basically, they have to fight Gigan Machia, uh, All for One's bodyguard. He's a, a literal beast, fucking humongous. He lives in the forest. He was hidden yeah. um, before All for One uh, was in custody, just in case. And he was told to wait for, for uh, Shigaraki. But uh, Gigan Machia basically sees uh, Shigaraki, and he's like, yo, you're a bitch, dude. Like, I'm not going to follow you. And he wants to kill him. And so fucking they go on. So these, like, this is this is his test. <laughs> yeah. So basically they don't go on these crazy battles. And Giga Machia, man, you talk about stamina, man. I know, right? <laughs> 48 hours and 44 minutes. And then he passes out for three straight hours and then wakes up and he's like, all right, let's go again for another 48 hours. So basically Shigaraki and he also has a homing device for Shigaraki where he goes after Shigaraki. 
So basically, the rest of the League of Villains, they take shifts uh, with Shigaraki to try and subdue him. Because again, as we mentioned, in order for him to obtain more power, he has to basically make Gigamakia submit to him, make him like, you know, your bodyguard now. So um, they, they get their ass kicked. But, you know, Tomiya, uh, Tomiya fucking uh, Shigaraki. Um, he, uh, is doing well at evading and he feels he's getting more skilled because of this fight, but it's a slow fight. And then we learn that fucking, uh, we see the head of the liberation army and he has one of the heroes in custody and he's chopping off his fingers for torture. Uh, Giren, right? I believe it was. Right. Garen and so they have him in custody he hasn't said a single word about anybody hasn't revealed anything like real he's a real one and he's losing his fingers because of it and basically he pulled they say he's got 116,516 soldiers um hidden soldiers across Japan and uh as part of the liberation army and that they're gonna you know basically take them down um and if they don't take them down then they're gonna basically snitch on them to the heroes so the heroes take them down so you have a choice you can come and lose to us or you can lose to the heroes you're choice you have an hour and so um basically uh uh shigaraki uh comes up with the uh idea to basically all right oh and by the way i forgot to mention that throughout this process when they meet the doctor and when they go different places they're using all for one's transmission quirk which is like the giant like fucking tar black tar yeah that envelops them so they're using that to transport themselves in different locations and such so um he basically is going to use that to go to the city of aichi where the, the with liberation army is headquartered and that's gonna basically cause gigamakia to follow him to there and we'll see the next episode what the fuck is gonna happen so yeah uh we got plenty more to come we got at least four more episodes of uh, from my villain academia uh, we cannot wait. Like again, this has a lot of promise. Yeah, this is basically the one of the the most anticipated arcs of the entire uh, of the a- entire series, I guess. Both in the one of them and the and in the uh, the anime. So, um, very curious to see how this is going to go. For all this shit talk that people said about how boring the season is, you know, it's going to end on a bang. So, can't wait yeah. to see how that turns yeah. out. It's like it'll be the norm where the, it starts really, really, really slow, and then. It kicks out like near the near the end of the race, as they say. Yeah, you know, I'm curious because the the movie itself isn't canon, right? Because they're never considered canon. No, um, I know don't. that the um, the last movie that was in the United States, Heroes um, Rising, Heroes Rising, is supposedly set after season five. So it's basically in the summer after all this happens. We're in the we're in the winter, right. so basically that movie happens in the summer. Um, so I'm curious where the new movie is going to take place. Cause like I said, this was done right. after the season. So will this be a prequel to season six? Will this be middle of season six? We don't know. Um, yeah. I guess we'll find out later from people that are there, but in any case, I don't know. But, uh, interesting uh, honestly, that, how that movie ended was, should be, would be how it would end the series with, uh, with that, with Bidoria and Baka with that power against all, all for one. That would be great. That, yeah, that would have been the perfect way to end it. Like, he, like, all for one's gone. That one for all power's gone. Just yeah, end it right there. That would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah, but then Midori won't have any quirks. He'll just go back to being quirkless. No, that's he, fine. Yeah, like he, but he, then, but then he won't be the greatest hero. Unless he, the greatest he, hero is as a fate. As a fate, like he was the greatest hero. He beat the greatest villain. He ended on a high note. Just yeah, he's like content with it. He saved people. He probably teach people. Despite not having a quirk. 
Yeah. <laughs> and it would be interesting. It's good storytelling. Oh, yeah. But uh, but since they did that, I don't see that ever happening. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to see Madeira look like fucking Gran Torino at the end of the series. Uh, yeah. yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> Grandma Ochako with fucking grandchildren everywhere and shit. She's, she's the nurse. She's <laughs> yeah, right? she's the fucking nurse. That's funny. All right, uh, anyway, we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll talk about our uh, our summer seasons that we're watching separately. Uh, stay tuned. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. All right, we're back, folks. Goki Kenyo. Hopefully you guys stayed. If not, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, right. Anyway. Uh, We're going to talk about the the summer seasons that we are watching separately. Ethan, as always, you first. Because I have less. Yeah. Um, so I didn't see Boruto. However, I did see based off the post that I made in our group that uh, um, this is the Amado defection episode. So basically they have Amado and they're um, they're basically interrogating him. So I haven't seen the episode. I just know that this is the, the defection and interrogation episode. Um, this was on the heels of him and uh, Kashin Koji trying to kill Jigen while he rests because he's only a 10 percent power. So we'll see how that goes. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'll probably watch that tomorrow and we'll report back next week. Um, Sukumichi. Uh, another funny episode, like usual. Um, I mean, the dude is just fucking OP as fuck. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's pretty goddamn OP. Um, I basically, I mean, for a lot of these, because we recorded so late last week, I, I basically told everyone what the what happened with these. So, uh, right. Sukumichi, that comes out every Wednesday. We're recording on Monday this time. We recorded on that previous Wednesday. So, I already told you what happened in the last episode of Sukumichi. If you wanted to find out what that is, please go back, listen to the previous episode. You could hear me describe it in some detail. Um, Scarlet Nexus, same thing. Um, actually, no, Scarlet Nexus, we recorded after the fact. So, Scarlet Nexus, um, they basically escape. Uh, or yeah, basically Nagi comes and he's all fucked up and he, you know, he's like, oh, you guys need to escape before they do do to you what they did to me. And Yuito wants to save Nagi and he can't. So uh, as you know, they're trying to like discuss this, a bunch of others come out the woodwork and Nagi buys them time and um, they escape. And so Nagi manages to kill all the others, but he's all wounded and fucked up. So the scientists, they come to and they take him and they start experimenting on him and he continues to be tortured. Meanwhile, Yuito um, basically is um, under suspicion now because that was a state secret lab that he wasn't supposed to find out. So his brother, who's now the acting basically director since his father was killed um, and some of the higher ups basically want to dispose of the unit because they weren't supposed to find that out. But the general basically buys them time and says, you listen, as long as you don't stick your nose in your business, then you'll be fine. Just keep your head low. And, but everyone knows now, like, you know, his, Yuito and his team are starting to see the stuff that Karen and Kasane see. And so um, the end of the episode is pretty powerful because the end of the episode shows. Um, oh, actually, before I get to the end of the episode, the other part, which is actually the more important part of the episode, shows Kasane and, and her team breaking into an other facility, um, and they, they manage to speak to uh, to Naomi, and they see Naomi in other form, and basically she has to continuously take those shots that um, that turned her into another in order for her to keep her consciousness. They wear out every couple hours, and so she rampages like a normal other, unless she gets the shot. So they have a, an emotional reunion once they find her, but eventually the, the 
the meds wear out. And as she's going to attack, Karen comes and, you know, with his teleporting ability, gives her a shot and she passes out. Um, and they discuss like what's going on. Um, before they can, they basically pledge full cooperation. One of, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, subordinates asked Karen a question. I forget what the question is right now, but he asked her, uh, she asked him a significant question and they don't tell you, uh, the answer, like you see him mouth the words and it goes mute basically. And then their faces go lit at the same time at the end of the episode, um, after Yuito and their group find out that they're in the clear, as long as they keep their nose out of, uh, out of business, they're not supposed to be in, um, an MP basically gives Yuito, um, the medicine that he was supposed to receive from the doctor, um, in the previous episode. So when he opens up the medicine, it's the same cartridge that turns people into others. So basically not only are they using it to turn the people into others, but they're also using it most likely to psychologically affect um or psychologically control the, the 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 recipient of that medicine so um interesting stuff that that goes as that goes along um let me see million lives uh just caught up on that today that was a good episode we basically see the sixth person um is an american named glenda um, she speaks fluent Japanese and she also speaks English. So we, so we get some Japanese English if you, you ever have to listen to that. It's pretty funny. But in any case, um, basically, they she finds out through online uh, so circles uh, of an isekai world. And one of the people who tells her that is uh, Yuki. Um, I think that's her name, Yuki. Um, now I'm forgetting the bitch's name because she's one of those side characters. Not really all that important. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Yuka. Sorry, Yuka. So Yuka basically online tells that she basically tells of, of her adventures. And so she is tasked by the the white girl, which is basically the little girl who is in control of everything and knows everything uh, to make a movie that basically describes their actions to see if they can find more people and they can share their experience and whatnot. So the, the first part of that is basically them um, in that uh, they make the movie and they post it. And it's him and you as him, Kusue and uh, Shindo. And everyone else. And basically, uh, Shindo says, like, oh, I want to get paid because I'm an amateur model. And uh, Jotsuya is like, hey, I can't pay you. Like, the fuck? I'm poor. And so, you know, in a really, like, kind of, like, sexy, cute way, she goes, listen, I just want you to be, like, more real. I just want you to be your real self with us the same way you are with other people. Because she notices that um, in the game to the NPCs as well as in real life to his, like, people that he's cool with. Like, he's very friendly, very outgoing. But he's really cold and callous and a real fucking fucking dick to, to Shindo and, and the gang um, and really selfish so she just wants him to be like normal and so that's the deal that they come across so they go into um, <clears throat> the the next quest the next quest is they have to save a village uh, from certain doom and they have 30 days to do so um, they get there and they go to ask uh, Kavosan for uh, advice um, they find out and they see her daughter who's all grown up and they find out 17 years have passed since the last time they were in the, in the game and Cobble's passed away. Um, the daughter does her best, helps her out, sends them on their way. They end up finding a little like they end up in the jungle basically trying to find this village and they find out through a little girl who ran away from the village that the village is on top of a monolith. And so um, they try to help her out. They gather supplies. They make camp basically in this like little like house area in the middle of the forest. And the episode ends with the girl's father looking like a zombie 
zombie with a snake in his head and he's missing an arm and uh, he's going to attack them. So that was uh, pretty interesting. This season, as far as I'm concerned, is definitely really more. It's definitely stronger than season one, um, perhaps just because we have that build up already. But I, I just like the themes of this season. It's going pretty well as far as I'm concerned. And then um, finally, I'll end with slime. Slime is fucking great. We finally get the battle. Um, we see basically um, the 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 ogres the ogre team and the beastkeepers they get the drop on the fucking enemy easily defeat them and so the three beastkeepers are tasked with you know fighting some of the significant people so um one of the beastkeepers faces the two clowns um one of the beastkeepers uh fuck i forget who they face somebody i don't know somebody else like i forget nothing too crazy and then the third beastkeeper the strongest beastkeeper goes after one of clayman's fingers and um it's a very tight battle, tight battle, very back and forth. And then um, suddenly, as he's about to get an advantage, Gabta, was sent, who was sent over by Benny Maru, um, comes out of the fucking shadows and fucking easily or easily blocks this fucking attack. And so they're like, what the fuck? So the finger attacks, and I forget his name, but the finger attacks Gabta with some magic, and Gabta pulls out fucking magic and stops the magic. Gabta now is OP as fuck. Um, and we find out basically because of Rimu's ascendance to Demon Lord, um, those around him personally, all as we saw previously in the previous episodes, they all received the special gift. Apparently, Gobsta's is fucking magic or something. Uh, Benny Morrow becomes like an all-seeing general where he understands and he knows enemy strategies and all that shit. Like it's called like I don't know, like all-seeing eye or some some shit like that or water. I don't know, but he basically becomes an all-seeing general. Um, and so the episode ends basically with the fight being uh, one-on-one. Gobsta backs out because he's like, oh, he basically broke the rules because they said they were going to fight one-on-one so he backs away and they're basically going to continue to fight one-on-one between the beastkeeper and the finger so um good shit as a whole um we are now heading into we did get a confirmation that this week starts the walpurgis arc um and so oh and one more thing i forgot to mention in, in that episode we see the uh couple of the of the of the demon lords um they're starting to slowly figure out um, what's going on in terms of Clayman basically manipulating Millium and um, and basically being the cause of this whole thing, especially since he's the one that called the, the Walpurgis. And so they're starting to figure out details, but they still don't have the full gist of it because they don't understand how OP Rimuru is. They don't understand how he has Veldera. Like, they're still very important pieces that these people who are starting to figure out the story don't have. So it's going to make the revelation to them even better than what it is. So... Um, it's going to be good shit for sure. Um, like I said, the Walpurgis arc starts next Tuesday, which is tomorrow. So I'm very much looking forward to that um, and seeing how that develops into, you know, that final basically second half of the season. And uh, yeah, good stuff. So uh, that's it for me, buddy. All right. Uh, before I do mine, I just want to wish a special happy birthday to Miyake Kenta. Uh, he voices Ice Ruler in Overlord, uh, Jirobu in Naruto. Scar in Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood, Mohammed Abdul in JoJo's Part of Three, and of course, All Might in My Hero Academia. Mm. So, of course, I want to wish him a special happy birthday here on Talk to Keiki. Tanjobi Amerito gozaimasu. Alrighty, let's get, let's get my shit out of the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, episode 6 of Nighthead 2041. Uh, this was definitely the better one. How uh, would you call it? What's that brother's name? I get I get it mixed up. Uh, Naoto mm-hmm. uh, goes with the goes to the rebels to the news station. Say, hey, you're gonna go here to show off your psychic powers. 
mm-hmm, around the mm-hmm. world. Like they need to see that we're real and they're torturing people in these camps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These psychic people. So uh, before Naruto goes on there, um, his brother Noya tries to warn him that there's a fake. Like there's a guy, there's a double agent there in, in the group. Mm-hmm. He's like, shut up, you're going to get killed. Like I'm going to shoot you if you open your mouth one more time. And it turns out he was right. There was mm. a double agent, so the police were there. They shot everyone. They shot all the bang bang uh, motherfucker. Yeah, right, right on national television in this news. Oh, it sounds like America. That sounds just like America. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Naoto runs away, and Takuya starts to chase after him, mm. while Yuya was at the base where the rebels were beforehand to get uh, no- Noya. Mm. So we're gonna have a brother brother type thing. And while all this is going on, this is apparently Shoku's plan, the this essential being that uh, the one I talked about last week, mm-hmm. how to get these bros together. Mm-hmm. So everybody's going to court to plan to her with the mystery of this girl. Mm-hmm. But uh, but during the part, but uh, during the chase with Takuya and Naruto, he's asking like, "Hey, where are my parents?" Because mm-hmm. uh, in the in their mental image, they saw the Kiriyahara brothers with uh, the Kuroki's parents. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. not just like I don't know who your parents are type of thing. Mm-hmm. So basically, there it seems like there was an image planted in the Kuroki's brothers' heads that the Kirihara brothers took them when they really didn't. Mm-hmm. So now they're like there's another manipulate, but they don't believe the Kirihara brothers. Mm-hmm. So it leads to this big fight with Naruto and Takuya. And this fight was great for in terms of a psychic battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see Taka uh, using this psychic ability. Like, oh yeah, you cops are using psychic abilities like fucking hypocrites, basically. And you're an amateur compared to me. So I'm going to show mm-hmm. you how it's done. <laughs> and then does that. But eventually, Takuya fights back. Like, he gets his power out of nowhere and just, like, blasts him away in this mm-hmm. parking garage. And while that's going on, uh, Noya is using his power. Like, he, this big glowing light that surrounds them. Them mm-hmm. and uh, I forgot the girl's name that's with them, but uh, basically the Kirihara bros vanished from where and from their location, so you don't know where they are right now. Mm-hmm. So the the Kuroki bros are looking for them in both of these locations, like the warehouse and then this parking lot, and then they're nowhere to be found. So mm-hmm. that's where the episode ended. And again, I still have some issues, but this was definitely a better episode, especially in terms of the action scenes mm-hmm. for this for this one. So. So yeah, unfortunately, gets to stay. <laughs> Good for you. Mm. You get a fucking cookie. Uh, next one. Uh, My life is a villainous. All roots lead to Doom X. Uh, we get an episode on one of the guys in the harem, not based, not mostly Bakarina. This is about Nickel mm-hmm. uh, talking about uh, arranged marriage, mm-hmm. and uh, and um, the, even the father's like. You know, you don't have to do this type of things. Like, if you don't like them, then no, then no problem. Like, he was being this supportive guy, mm-hmm. and but Nickel feels like in his head that he has to because of his age, and then like he needs like a noble family because mm-hmm. he knows going to date Mary Baccarina is useless, is pointless because she's engaged to uh, Gerardo. Mm-hmm. So he has his piles and piles and piles of folders of all. All these girls that want his dick, that want his money, mm. that want his noble name, and <laughs> and then one by one, Nickel just does not want any one of them. Eventually, he meets this one girl. I forgot her name. He's like, "Oh, I'm only here just to make my parents happy. Like, 
I know how I like kind of like kind of like how you're faking it right now type of ordeal. Hey. But um, but before all that though, um, Sophia, uh, Nichols' brother, uh, she's the one that wants him with Bacarita, but she also gives him romance novels to read type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like hey, because she loves she loves the romance novels, so it makes mm-hmm. her happy, and he likes seeing her happy. So okay, I'll read them for you type of thing. And he's not telling Sophia about the arranged marriages because she doesn't want her to, he doesn't want her to freak out that type of thing. Because mm-hmm. he knows she wouldn't want him to do it. But anyway, during that, uh, Nichols starts talking to this girl and they hit it off. They hit it off pretty well. Like the nice, normal conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nichols explains how he feels about Bacarina. And uh, with this girl, Bacarina is in her. Uh, Magic Academy ordeal, like the magic, the magic academy type of thing, where Bakarina mm-hmm. wants to go because she doesn't want to get married right, right away. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's like, oh, yeah, nice girl, and all that type of thing. And then she's like, just be yourself type of thing. Everyone's just like, even though serious in the beginning, like, just be yourself, like, don't lie to yourself type of thing. And then later on, eventually, Nicole will tell his dad that he doesn't really want to marry right now. Like he chooses not to. It's like, you know, that's fine. Like I, I honestly did not want you to. Like don't mm-hmm. feel don't feel you're obligated. Don't feel you're forced to. Mm-hmm. Just be happy type of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like he's so basically the family's in no rush. Mm-hmm. And then Sophia eventually finds out about this. It's like, do you know how and she asked she told Nicola, do you know how dad met mom? The mom was engaged to someone and then the father took it took that took that girl like they fell in love mm-hmm. so it's kind of like how like there's a chance for he could do the same to Bacarina to Gerardo mm-hmm. so that type of ordeal mm-hmm. so it's like stop trying to think about like actually think about what you want type of thing mm-hmm. so so that's some plenty for him to think about so I like it was just a one character focus ordeal Especially with Nickel, I like Nickel. He's probably one of the my favorites in the male side, except for Alan. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought I thought it was cute. I, I get the plenty of development from the one guy, which I thought that was needed. I like seeing stuff like that. So I don't know if we'll get it from the other characters, but uh, we will find out. Um, I don't know what the conclusion is going to be though, because I feel like the, there's like almost no plot at this point. But there's still a lot of cute moments at the same time. Mm-hmm. Alright, uh, moving on. Sunny Boy. <laughs> this one puffed for me. It's like, damn it, this is good. <laughs> I'm going to keep it. And uh, Sudasan, uh, not the guy that voices Nami, all that voices one of the characters, the, the new character in this. Mm-hmm. He voices uh, was basically, uh, you know how I said like, they were separated type of thing? Mm-hmm. Where Nagara and all that, they're separated from the class that wants to kill them. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, while that happened, they found this uh, theater room, and like, all the stuff that happened involving them. And with uh, Mizuho, when she got back to them, like uh, Rajhani and Nagara and Nozomi type of thing, there was a there was a black dog with them called Yama. His name was Yamabiko. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what happened was uh, this dog talks, and he says like how long he's been in this area. He he's been there for five thousand years. Mm-hmm. Times at a standstill, basically. And then uh, he says, "How long have you guys been here?" Like, oh, eight months. Okay, so that means you don't have a lot of time left. So I'm guessing you have a year to find a way out, or else you're stuck here forever. Ooh. 
that type of thing. So um, while 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 they're in this mu- uh, movie room, they're seeing this films, all that, and said, "Nagar, use your power to like see if anything changes while we play this film." <laughs> Mm-hmm. And it does a little bit, and they feel like uh, with Nozomi, who like who likes quote unquote sees the lights, uh, he's like maybe we have a way to get out of here. And then people like Hoshi and all that uh, decide to join them in this, mm-hmm. uh, even despite Hoshi talking to someone in their head. Psycho. No, no, like the, the, this mm-hmm. is this was someone that like planned all this, and she's like, okay, we'll we'll go with that, and then. You see them like teleport, like the like this group. While um, what you call it, uh, Aki Sensei. That that was that was the teacher's name that want that was like causing tension. Mm-hmm. And then um, what you call it, uh, Yamabiko's like, why is she here? It's like uh, people that cannot go adrift in this are like basically only the school and the students are allowed to. So why is the teacher here? Mm-hmm. Like they're not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. So. That that's something to think about for the next episodes. <laughs> like mm-hmm. how like how like how did she get here, and why is she so uh, bent on saying that they cannot leave? Mm-hmm. But eventually, we get a white flash. Um, you see, I'm trying to figure out which one it was. Uh, Nozomi, you see her in the school, like they're in class, but she cannot touch the students. And then Nagara was the same thing. And it's like, basically, it's another timeline now. Mm-hmm. So those students are dead. Shinderu. Yeah, they, yeah, like they were. They're dead in this world, this timeline. That's wild. And you see this old guy. He's basically God in the show, because <laughs> you saw him a little bit in the beginning, and then you see him at the end, like nice try type of thing. Got to be quicker than that. Basically, it's like, <laughs> like, like, you need to figure it out better than this type of thing. You be and that was like, this was like a lot of development. Uh, I'm so, this is one of those. You, this is one of those shows that you really have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't, if you don't like, even just turn away for like a minute or two, you're probably gonna miss something. Basically, every scene, every world they were in, everything about those characters, it's vital. <laughs> it's a mind fuck. Exactly. So, stuff like that is making me appreciate it more. Like, this probably this will probably be my favorite in terms of mystery because there's an, there's an actual mystery. Mm-hmm. But I gotta see how it ends before I actually give it that. Like, it might be it might not be a favorite anime, but it's like in terms of, of a mystery genre, I might like it in, in that regard. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's see how long they can actually keep that. Movie going because i'm very excited to see where that leads mm-hmm. all right uh closing off for me of course case study vanitas mm. <laughs> uh, i i will never get enough of this <laughs> it is so good <laughs> sexual blood sucking oh uh, i didn't get i didn't get that this time no 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 Aww. so you didn't get a chub Ah, oh, I didn't get a chub. No chub. Damn. Uh, fucking Vanitas is being smug, though. Hey. Like, he's very smug. Uh, anyway, uh, what you call it? Uh, Vanitas and Noel are at, are at uh, Lord Uncle's house mm-hmm. to like discuss the matters of what's going on, what happened with the charlatan. 
The Vidalis is like, hey, I'll help you, but I need something in return. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what's that? I want to meet the queen. Someone that's been missing. No one has seen her. Is she di- Is she cursed? Is she dying? Why are you guys being so defensive about this type of thing? Mm-hmm. And this pissed off Lord Uncle. Like, he wanted to murder him. And that it led to, uh, what's that kid's name? <laughs> yes, uh, Luca. The the young boy that's like the that's like the the royal you find out he's like a royal power like like a duke like next to the queen. Let's call him a young boy. Yep. The young the young boy Luca. <laughs> he's a kid basically. Oh. But uh, Luca like stops Lord Uncle from killing Venetus and no right then and there. And then is like, I don't I'm not helping you. Uh, leave. <laughs> <laughs> leave and never come back. Get the. F- fuck out of my sight that ordeal and then it went to like finally leave and then he got disappointed and luca was like the fact that you stopped me is like you you're believing venetus mm-hmm. so he's like they like, tell me where's your loyalty really lie type of thing and then uh you see you see luca with the queen like you see like how she has like a black arm type of thing mm-hmm. so on top of that like they go away and then, uh, and now Venetus and Noah are by themselves. I'm trying to think of, <laughs> sorry, I was I've been trying to process everything. Too much to talk about, folks. Too yeah. much anime. Too much anime. <laughs> and I'm dying. <laughs> the coughs. Swallow, bro. Swallow. Ah, no, never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're spitter. That sucks. Uh, I don't do that. Period. <laughs> it fucking feels weird in your mouth. Let me tell you. Oh no. I was cracked up to be. It feels like a fucking mushroom top. Oh no! There you go. Spoilers, folks. <laughs> yeah. Gag, 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 gag. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Bro, can you imagine? I'm doing these gag sounds, and someone's listening to this in their fucking car in the middle of traffic. Shit. You would you would be great for the ASMR stuff that people do for audio. <laughs> I dude, that's one of my favorite things to go to sleep to. Like I just love it. Just I li- I, I listen to ASMR chiropractic and ASMR haircuts, and that shit really? is like, fucking yeah, bro. Like um, uh, what's it called haircut Harry? Great for ASMR haircuts. Um, uh, Doctor B, uh, Doctor Brett Bender on um on YouTube, great for. Um, watching great chiropractic videos, and they are in ASMR fashion a lot of the times. So good shit out there. Random thing if you guys want to relax. Yeah, because, uh, I actually might be doing that for my typewriter. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I have a typewriter, so I'm gonna actually might wow. use that for ASMR type streams. <laughs> Just listen to us softly like this. Yeah, I'm sure there's definitely 18 plus ones. Suck my blood really good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works for here. Uh, anyway, the fact that uh, Venetus... Suck it like your French girls. Will you stop? <laughs> <laughs> Will you stop now? <laughs> Yamete. Yes, that. Yes, that. Yamete, uh, uh, They're like, okay, now Noah and Venetus are in the, back in the human world like, well, now well, we got kicked out. Yeah, and now there's a it's like, well, I'm gonna go save more vampires in the meantime until that pussy calms down and wants me, mm-hmm. wants us to come back. And then uh, they go like, okay, there's a mission of there's missing vampires, 
So I need to go help go help find them, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay, no problem. Uh, they're in this cathedral type thing with the paladins. Mm-hmm. So they sneak in. It's uh, it a funny moment. Uh, mm-hmm. They get lost in there. Mm-hmm. And then we meet this guy. His name is Laurent. Not Laurent from uh, Great Pretenders. Oh, man. And he's like, he's like this happy, bubbly guy. He's like, nice to meet you and all that. How'd you mean, He's like, how'd you guys get here? Oh, yeah, we're from we're from the Paladin, too. We just uh, got lost. Oh, what a coincidence. I'm lost, too. He's like, but you you work here, right? Yep, and I'm lost, too. That type of thing. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, uh, follow me. I'll get you out of here. Mm-hmm. And it was a trap. <laughs> he gets uh, he gets them knocked out. It's a trap! Yeah, like, aha, I knew it. You guys are vampires. Well, I'm going to kill you now. And that's where the episode ends. <laughs> Mm. And then it's like, damn it, another cliffhanger. I just want more. <laughs> so that's what she again, said. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, also, Vinius is doing great in the anime trend and polls, still number one for characters, episodes. Uh, they didn't get ship. Uh, I, that was uh, still, what you call it, uh, remake our life. <laughs> mm. Uh, let me see where they were. Let me see the placements. Uh, Venus and Janine were number two, <laughs> while Aki and Kyoya were number one. <laughs> Man, you know, it, I, I can't wait. To, we should talk about it first. Let's talk about it after a commercial break. Let's talk about remake first. All right, all right. Yeah, well, I am done here. So let's go take this commercial break. And then when we get back, we're going to finish off with the stuff we are watching together. Stay tuned. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Tadaima minasan! I heard you the whole time. I'm sorry. I was like, Alexa, (laughs) make his pussy red. All right, good thing I have my speaker off. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry. All righty. Uh, all right, now we're going to talk about the stuff we are watching together. And upon Ethan's request, we're going to talk about Remake Our Life first. <laughs> it's back. Thank the Lord. Yep. Uh, my favorite. Let's, let's, my favorite of the let's, season. Let's talk about it. Man, so I love this episode. It's, you know... I don't know. There's so many different layers to this. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this first is because you just mentioned about the couple thing. Um, And you mentioned uh, Shinoaki and Kyoya. And part of the episode is basically um, Nanako, you know, confronting Kyoya herself indirectly, but enough for him to realize what's up and basically tell him, like, I'm not going to lose. And I'll get to he's that. Like, in a he's being oblivious a little bit. And like, he, huh? he, but at that point, when he he realizes it, at that point, when yeah, you know, and it's, I don't know, man, like, it's tough. And then with the revelation that he doesn't even look at these girls in that way, yeah, and, he's, and, he doesn't want to ruin the project. He doesn't want to ruin the project. And you know what I think? I, I think he's gonna end up. And this is my theory now. As much as I love Shinoaki, and as much as Shinoaki is a little etchy. Um, which I love. I think he's gonna end up with uh, Kanasegawa. Iko. Iko, yeah. I think he's yeah. gonna end up with Iko, dude. And like you could tell, because Iko, 
it's funny he goes to eco about this advice and she goes well which one do you like and she's like he's like i don't like either of them i just want this project to be a success and it gives her hope because she's fighting her feelings for him she's the last one basically to come to and yeah. the other reason why i wanted to bring that up and why i love this episode is because of the fact that in a way like kyoya is the game's mc without all the edgy shit he's right. the game's mc where he has a, a mini harem and he has to choose between the women. And I'm curious to see how they're going to yeah. do this. And I love how they talk about it like near the end of the episode with uh, Suryuki. And talking like, hey, like, I'm writing this part now, basically. Yeah, dude. Like, um, I really hope there's more to this season. Because there's no way they can finish this, like, by the fucking, by, in 13 episodes. I just, like, they can't. And I really hope, I really, 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 really hope there's a second season. How is the light novel still going? Or how much is the light novel? Do you know? The light novel? Or whatever it is. Manga, light novel. While you're, um, while you're talking. Yeah, so while Matt does that, let me just recap the show, basically. So, uh, again, remake is back. Episode 7 begins. Um, light novel's with, still going. Light novel's still going. All right, good. Dude, I can't wait. Oh, um... Now that I just said light novel, real quick, let me revert back in terms of a brief pick, uh, piece of news. Um, volume 6 of uh, he- He's a Hero, their manga light novel is coming out, uh, I think, in the end of, toward the end of September. Yeah, but, yeah, that's the last one. That's the last one? Yeah, He's a Hero is over, over. Yeah, but so then did we see the end, or no? Yeah, we saw the end of the anime. But is that end the same end in the light novel? Yeah. Oh, shit. All right, never mind. Yeah, yeah, like it's been out, but now it's being published as, as a book. Yeah, being, yeah, that we're getting out, but yeah, we got that, we got that exact ending. All right, well, my bad. Yeah. Um. Well, hopefully we learn more. In any case, I digress. Sorry about that, guys. So basically, um, the episode begins with the with the explanation of a. Uh, of uh Sudayuki's uh fiance we find out their childhood friends and that um what's it called they were basically uh uh what the fuck is the word um it's a, a arranged marriage uh between yeah, by the families parents. and uh the girl genuinely likes Sudayuki but and he likes her but not in that way um and so basically throughout the episode she's trying to push him she's trying to push him she's forcing himself on her feeding him trying to have sex with him like trying to bring him back because he wants basically she's there to bring him back home to the life that he's supposed to have where he's supposed to study to be a doctor he's supposed to be with her he's supposed to have a comfortable life and throughout the episode like he's combative because he's really committed to this and we find out at the end of the episode well I'll, i'll get to that in a second so um Again, you know, this, is, this whole thing happens. He explains to 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 Kyoya what's going on, and Kyoya's like, "Oh, well, you know, she brings us nice, like, you know, spices and shit, so we don't mind, whatever." But um, basically, the whole task is they're on winter break now, and they're focusing on the project, focusing on the project. Um, it's getting they're getting good they progress. They have a release date for which is April, and um, you know, they're doing really well with the project, and. Throughout this as well, uh, we see, as I mentioned previously, the the interactions between Nanako, uh, Shinoaki, and Kyoya develop more. Um, we see a funny, etchy scene, basically, with Shinoaki opening fucking uh, Kyoya's legs and, like, you know, inferring some shit. And Kyoya is embarrassed, like, what are you talking about? And she's like, oh, I'm talking about your thighs. And he's like, oh, yeah, the thighs. Uh, after he basically, she's confused about a sex scene. 
uh, that she's seeing. So yep. um, that was pretty funny. And, and again, uh, Nanako's struggling because of the fact that she really likes Kyoya after all that he's done for her. Um, there's a part where she's struggling in her thing and he's there, comforts her and says, like, no problem, we'll get this done, like whatever. And so um, uh, Nanako hugs him from behind and as uh, he's embarrassed, she's like, nope. She's like, don't say anything. Don't move. Just let me recharge for a second. I need this. And he's like, feel my breast on your back. Yeah. And he's getting like, you know, he's getting flustered. And she's like, all right, I feel better. And then he starts thinking back um, about it. And basically also, they, like I said, they do the same thing as they see uh, Suryuki's uh, fiance feeding, uh, feeding Suryuki. Um, they try to do the same thing with Kyoya. They try to feed Kyoya different things. They sit next to him, and Kyoya is slowly realizing what's going on. Like he obviously knows Shinoaki likes him because of the fact that they've kissed, and she's yeah. he's now slowly starting to realize what's happening with with um with uh what's it called with Nanako. Uh, meanwhile, he's also you know going with talking with kind of Sagawa about the project and things like that. Um. They have great chemistry between them. Of course, he knows who Kanasegawa is going to turn out to be since he realizes everything. And so they've always had a great connection. They have like this thing. So um, I think, like I said, as I alluded to previously, that that's going to develop big time. But in any case, the episode continues and um, they're in the uh, Nanako and Kyoya working together in, in the convenience store. And he's starting to realize everything. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go fill the drinks. So she gets upset. And she goes to him. And she starts doing the drinks, too. And she puts her boobs on his head. And she goes, the first time I did this, it was a coincidence. This time I mean it. And uh, Kyoya realizes what's going on. And before he says anything, uh, Nanako's like, I won't lose. And then walks away as a customer comes in to to tend to the customer. And so he goes to Kanesagawa, asks for advice. Kanesagawa basically says, like, listen, you know, in any other circumstance, you're an asshole because you're leading these girls on. But I understand why you're doing it because you want the project to flow and you want it to be a success. So for now, just continue to act stupid. And once this is over, you have to be forthcoming with them in terms of what you want. Um, and so this helps Kyoya. And he's able to move on. Uh, meanwhile, um, Kanasegawa is, you know, she's still trying to find herself, I guess, throughout this, which is a very subliminal, like, thing that's going on in the background. So, um, I'm very much looking forward to how she embraces her feelings for Kyoya. And I think now, going forward, I kind of want to see Kanasegawa and fucking, and, um, and Kyoya go. Uh, the episode ends basically with uh, the fiance of Suryuki more or less abducting Kyoya and bringing him to the docks. Kyoya thinks like, oh, I'm going to get fucking, I'm going to swim with the fishes. And she basically flats out asks him like, yo, are you and Tsuraki gay? Because like he only talks about you and how much he respects you. And you guys talk about the project so much. Like, so y'all fucking? And he's like, no, 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 no. It's not like that. Not like that. Not like that. And he's like, oh, okay. And then basically they have a heart to heart about how you know her, there was her objective to bring him back and the, he has the easy life I, she doesn't understand why he doesn't want the easy life and so what do you you know and then also ask them about the fact like listen he like respects you so much what are you going to do about his feelings and so Kyoya basically says like listen he's doing this for his happiness he's doing this because if he was there with you and in his circumstance he wouldn't be happy so I'm just here to support his choices um, but at the end of the day these are his choices he knows exactly what's going on he understands the risks and the potential failure but he's doing it because this is what he wants to do. And so they have, you know, an acceptance of that and she moves on. And then that's how the episode ends, basically, with him staring at the sky um, of uh, I think they're in Fukuoka. Oh, and, so. yeah. And one more thing I did miss as well is that uh, basically they spend Christmas Eve together, Shinoaki and um, 
and uh, Kyoya, and it's a very nice romantic, uh, you know, kind of like moment between them. Very like, you know, very cute. And I love anytime you see any type of Yuki scenes, which are snow in Japanese. Anytime you see Yuki scenes, they're always very heartfelt, very romantic and emotional. You don't ever see casual Yuki scenes. You see stuff that develops or helps the story or the the feelings or emotions or relationships keep continue. And I, I love seeing shit like that. Just like you have uh, fucking Hanabi episodes that do the same thing. Just like yeah. you have beach episodes that are normally very casual, um, kind of fun, um, and lead to some other crazy shenanigan. Um, um, uh, Yuki episodes do that same thing. So um, overall, fantastic episode. I can't wait to see what happens next week. Yeah, definitely, definitely great stuff. I loved it. Uh, I'm glad the ball's getting rolling again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm actually, I actually, I actually hope we get to see a little bit of the game. Yeah, we well, we see the opening intro. I know, but I'm saying like actual, like a little bit of the gameplay type of thing. Like they they show it off. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping for that. I liked how it ended. And yeah, I believe yeah for the what you said, Bakilia about the ship. I believe that's going to be the case. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, we're ho- fingers crossed. Indeed, indeed, uh, I can't wait to see it. Uh, all right, up next, Detective is already dead. Mm. Uh, fuck Alice. <laughs> You can't say fuck Alice because I, I I feel a little bad for her. So. I do, I do. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, we picked up where we left off. Um, siesta, and then yeah, but you know uh, what's funny? Every time I hear Siesta, I think of R. Kelly, who's currently in the trial. You know, like you said, Fiesta, Fiesta, Fiesta. So every time I hear Siesta, I'm like Siesta. Haters like, gonna hate. Siesta. Lovers wanna love. <laughs> I'm Why not, not, don't you piss on me? Oh, you piss, <laughs> piss on you, I pee on you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, Siesta was to Alice like, "Why are you still here?" Yeah, your thing's done, and she's you see Siesta getting jealous. Like, hey, I'm gonna take Kibihiko with me for this a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, you find out a girl's heart got taken out. So uh, they all go to this old, to this, uh, the mother's house, say, hey, what happened? And she sees yes again, personally, hey, any, any behavior? Mm-hmm. I was like, like, hey, like, stop it, <laughs> type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, what'd you do? Like, what was your, re- what was your relationship with later on? Mm-hmm. So the mother's getting, you see the mother getting uncomfortable. And distraught, yeah. And then Alice like stop stops her like break thankfully changes the setting like hey you're a great yeah. mom she could have asked she could have asked any more from you was yeah. your fault and they embrace and yeah and they then embrace on like, Alice's I... they embrace on Alice's left side yeah and then Siesta says I'm leaving uh, Kibihiko uh fuck you I was right you're wrong how dare you yeah. call me out I don't want to speak to you again yeah yeah and, yeah. and then you see you see Alice. Well, you see, he could give Alice the ring. Like, hey, uh, oh, see, Alice, yeah, basically Alice was tailing them, and then at that point they gave him a ring. We find out later the ring has a fucking homing device, yeah. so she could track her because of the fact he keeps losing her. That's what he says, but it's secretly but, because uh, he knows something's up with Alice. Yeah. So as well, yeah, he, uh, yeah. anyway, he's like, hey, uh, can you put the ring on me? And so mm-hmm. Kibihiko gets gets on his knee like he's proposing. CCS mm-hmm. right there. Like, hey, uh, you know what? I kind of made a mistake. So uh, with her eyes closed, mind you, mm-hmm. I, I made a mistake. Uh, I know mm-hmm. you were trying to do the right thing. Opens her eyes, sees them like kind of like, like, 
I wish you happiness. Fuck you again. Don't talk to me. Her emotions are everywhere, honestly, despite being this calm, collective, kind of like an android. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, and then uh, Kimihiko gets a DCCS on the bed, like, don't talk to me. I'm upset. And then Kimihiko gets a call, like, hey, something happened to Alice. Like, it rushes over in the alleyway. You see the cop dead. And then uh, Alice's left side, like, what, it was her right side or her left side? Uh, the cop, the cop was the left side. Alice I'll got shot Alice. on the right. I, Alice yeah. got shot on the right. Yes, and then you see, like, they get hospitalized. Uh, Kimihiko stays with Alice for a little bit. And CS is like, you know, this is that. What was that, what was that girl's name? Hell. Hell, yeah. Like, like, this is clearly hell. She's finding the hearts and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you believe, like you probably believe it too, for uh, why you gave her the Homan device. And then Kimihiko's like, "No, stop it! I don't want to hear about hell. Like she's just a little girl, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. Like, uh, like how can you be that heartless just because this one person? Mm-hmm. And then they're in this abandoned church where it's like she CS is looking for hell. That's not an abandoned church. That's the same church that the original murder happened in. Right. Okay. Sorry, but it, the, they're still in the church regardless. Mm-hmm. And then you see Alice saying, hey, um, he's right. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is really it. Uh, it's going to be my last time seeing you. Like, she actually, like, you saw Alice like, being generally, like, I really wanted to do this with you and everyone. Mm-hmm. But she knows she can't. And then Chameleon shows up and takes her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, actually, you're forgetting the fact that uh, Siesta basically, so basically Alice she's apologizes and at the same time that he apologizes, she switches into hell mode and right. lunges at Kimiko with the fucking kitchen knife. By the way, we're also forgetting little details that led to this moment. At the moment that Kimihiko, at the very beginning of the episode, Kimihiko and Siesta are talking, Alice shows up out of nowhere. Less than five minutes after she shows up, the ambulance comes, and that's how they know that the fifth uh, attack happens. At the same time that before the ambulance happens, they realize the kitchen knife is missing. Yeah. Also, when Siesta, I'm sorry, when, um, when Alice is shot and you see the police officer stabbed uh siesta notices and we there's a, a pan on the it same the viewer it's the same kitchen knife so um there's always little little details and then finally they basically put the pieces together and as i had mentioned when the mother was being embraced by alice after that talk and she hugged the left side the mother said i feel like it was my daughter talking to me just now because of the fact that her daughter's heart was inside of fucking hell, a.k.a. Alice. And so, as Matt said, basically, she admits it, says she's sorry, but she basically has two people inside of her. She switches into hell mode, attacks fucking Kimmy, and Siesta basically, in an instant, disarms her, puts her on her head, puts her gun to her head. However, Kimmy fucking, because he's distraught over everything, because he actually genuinely likes Alice as a human... Pulls out his strap and was like, no, don't do it. And this provides the opportunity for Chameleon to sneak in, grab uh, grab Alice. And basically they ask, like, what are you going to do? They're like, oh, I'm going to take her to our base that's 700 nautical miles away. Sounds like you guys want her. Come find her. And so he escapes and basically Kimiko and um, Alice, I'm sorry, and Siesta, like they sit back to back and Kimihiko's upset. And he's like, well, now what? He's like, well, first we're going to go to the supermarket. We're getting pie. We're getting the best apples that they have. We're gonna make some pie, and after we eat that delicious pie, my pussy. Gonna have my pie. pie. (laughs) Yeah, I was just about to say we thought the same thing. The siesta pie. Siesta pie. After siesta pie, we're gonna go fucking save your friend. 
Not mine. The episode she's, she's your headache now. <laughs> Basically. So, uh, good shit, though, as a whole. Um, I don't, you know, I was kind of mad I didn't see that, like, sooner. That would have made, like, it would have made sense. I don't know why I didn't think of that. Right. Uh, so. All right, let's get to Girlfriend, Girlfriend. <laughs> oh, God, this whole episode was so fucking cringe, dude. It was funny uh, at the same time, dude. Ah, uh, now we know Saki Saki's a cuck. <laughs> <laughs> we do. By the way, I I knew I knew what they were referencing, but what does NDR stand for? NDR. Yeah. It's uh. I was I was I like I was explaining this to my partner too at the same time. Hold on, sorry. And you know what's crazy? What, was it? Well, was it NDR? Or was it NTR? It was NTR or NDR, something like that. Because I know it was a cuck face, like yeah, like she's like, like the person, like the person being cheated on watches it. Yeah, and then she, and then Saki Saki said like I don't know why I'm excited. Yes. <clears throat> so uh, Nair. Needle Nair. Okay. Yeah. Needle Nair. Okay. Um. N e t o r a r e. Yeah, Nino Nare. Um, Nino Nare, whatever. In any case, uh, yeah, so basically the episode focuses on uh, the continuing evolution of um, Saki and Noya uh, basically Nagisa. trying to deflect, and Nagisa basically trying to deflect Milika's um, love for um, for Naoya. For Naoya. I, I call her Milika, but it is Rika. I know. She's Milika to me. But in any case, she's trying to be, they're basically trying to deflect that love. And so um, Naoya and his fucking stupidity. God, Naoya, not only does he scare me with his eyes, but he's so fucking stupid. Like, he's really fucking dumb, dude. They're, they're, they're always dense. He's really a fucking Riri when it comes to this whole fucking situation. But in any case, he's like, oh, Saki's lonely. And in the middle of class, basically, like, nope, we're going to stay together. And so Saki's on his lap in the middle of class. And the fucking, the teacher was like, okay. Like, bro, you have a whole ass girl sitting on this man's lap. And so like, she could she could be bouncing on his dick. She could be bouncing on his dick and nobody would know. However, they that gets blown anyway because Nalia drops his eraser and so touch her breasts. So, so as he's going to grab the eraser, his hand slides up and he grabs her titty and fucking Saki's ah and everyone turns around. They're like, I just grabbed my eraser. I'm sorry, I touched her boob, but didn't mean to. So that was cringe as fuck. And basically. They go back and forth um, in regards to it. Uh, Milika really is trying to get, doing her damnedest to get closer to fucking Naya. Naya is being fucking oblivious as fuck that, like, yo, this bitch likes you, dude. And so Saki and Nagisa come up with some crazy-ass fucking excuse that basically says that she's a bitch in heat. <laughs> and that fucking she's horny and she'll fuck anything. And um, when uh, Naya asks, like, okay, does that happen to you girls? Like, are you girls getting heat? And Saki goes, I have small tits, so it doesn't happen to me, which leaves singles out Nagisa. And Nagisa's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, really? Yeah. And fucking stupid Naoya was like, oh, if you're ever in heat, let me know. I don't know what I can do for you, but we'll work it out together. And fucking Nagisa's like, this guy's fucking I- idiot. Nag- uh, Saki set me up. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll be sure to depend on you. And fucking. Yeah, he's like, okay, uh, let, me, uh, let me hold you for a bit to Saki. Oh, yeah, so basically they were saying about how, like, oh, I want to be held too. And so 
um fucking um, Taki allows it for Taki allows it. She's like, you know, whatever, go ahead. I'll walk away, do your thing. And um Naalia is like, I want you to watch. I want you to understand, like, we're not doing anything beyond this, whatever. And watch, so, <laughs> so fucking Saki goes behind the door and like creeps, like like she's like peeping, like a peeping Tom, and they hug. And fucking this becomes too much for Nagisa. Her heart is like doki doki pounding. Yeah, and it's, like, it's like it's an intimate hug. <laughs> it's an intimate hug. Um, they hug a couple times. And so Nagisa collapses because her heart's like, oh, my God, Naoya, I love you. And so fucking Naoya goes in like he's like going to open her legs or kiss her or something. And Saki starts thinking of like the worst things like, oh, they're going to have sex in front of her. And we see images of a naked Nagisa and a naked Naoya before he sticks it in. And she's shaking her head and she's like, oh, my God, I'm in an NTR situation. But I, I like it. What the fuck? Why am I so broke? I, I, I can't look away. What kind of kink is this that I'm into? This is fucking wrong. And he finally she finally walks in on them. And they're like, oh, Saki, Saki. And fucking Naoya gets uppercutted the fucking hell. And that's... Yeah, that felt good. And that's the end of that. And so the episode basically ends, um, same thing that basically throughout the episode where Milika comes into the class uh, for, for the girls. And, um, oh, I'm skipping a part too. Yeah. One of the funny things is that, again, Milika's following them throughout the school, following them throughout the school. Their next class is PE. They end up going into... Um, uh, a locked room and the janitor's closet of some sort and um uh now was like what's what are you gonna do and um saki's like well i'm gonna change and he's like oh like okay i won't look and she starts getting changed whatever and then they have a conversation and then now is like oh i can see your pants and fucking saki's like dude like when we were kids we took we took baths together like we've seen each other's stuff and she's like it doesn't matter if you see my underwear but when he sees her underwear she freaks the fuck out but nagisa fucking plays captain Sabaho and yep. fucking basically Blackmail. blackmails milika anonymously saying like i know what school you go to if you don't meet me in, on the top of the roof um i'm gonna tell everybody so she rushes up to the roof throughout this whole thing we see milika is definitely out of shape because she runs and she's always out of breath um but in any case she goes to the roof and she's like oh there's nobody there damn it whatever and it's a lot of sake to get changed and all of that but um yep. anyway the episode ends basically same thing she goes to the classroom she's trying to talk whatever and they get to like argument and then fucking naoya in his infinite knowledge is like oh i think you like me but whatever and fucking they're like no don't say it out loud nagisa and fucking sake are like no don't say it out loud you just ruined everything basically in their heads and so milika gets super duper embarrassed because he does this of course because now is fucking loud mouth he does it in front of the whole class and the whole class is like oh and fucking milika panics grabs Noah, like come with me and fucking they run out the classroom together and sake is like oh and runs after them then the episode yep cringe words yeah. fuck the whole time yeah, cringy, but still funny. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, let's let's keep going here. Again, a lot of funny stuff in that one. Yeah. Let's go with uh, Realist Hero. <laughs> yes, I was just about to say Realist Hero. Yeah, yeah. Realist Hero, um, a good episode as a whole. Um, yes. We, we basically see, throughout this whole process, as everyone knows, being a world leader, there's multiple facets you have to look at, whether it's, you know, domestic stuff, foreign stuff, um you know, infrastructure, uh, fucking supply and demand. And we see today's or last week's theme is uh, disaster recovery. And so um, basically as they're building the roads, uh, first off, Soma actually likes the fact that um, how 
and my cat's going crazy right now. I'm sorry about that. Um, Hal is basically his age, and Soma's like, oh, I'm just looking for a friend to talk to. And even though, like, fucking, he's trying to be all prim and proper because he doesn't want to get his ass beat by his dad. And we see fucking, um, what's the girl's name? The fox girl? The fox girl? Hmm. Yeah, the fox girl. I forget her name. The mage. Yeah. Anyway, his childhood friend basically is trying to, like, direct him wrong. Yeah whatever the fuck it's kind of funny but um as they're discussing like the roads and watching them being built there's a um a, a hawk a messenger hawk that goes to uh, alicia and alicia opens them the message and we find out that there's a humongous disaster in um in her the village forest. in the forest basically there was a landslide and over half the village is covered and so they rush over there um they try to do like you know quick disaster recovery because there's no precedent for this basically um under soma's watch and so they get there and they over 100 people are dead already they managed to save i don't know like 40 something people but everyone else is dead basically uh, you're you're forgetting these are the dark elves aisha's family <clears throat> yeah, yeah the dark elves basically so this is her clan basically so um and Soma, using living poltergeist, he makes these wooden mice that he carves himself, and he sends the mice to try and find people. So he's able to find people that are breathing, people that are stuck under luggage, or I'm uh, sorry, luggage, under fucking rubble. And he finds a mangled body, and he just fucking is like, and he vomits. And he's like, I'm sorry, I just saw a mangled body. And then fucking his friend, uh, Hal, is like, um, like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, your living thingy, whatever, which is basically the living poltergeist. And he's like, yeah, you know, and he explains how the power works. And so <clears throat> we also, which I love this part of the episode, we get an explanation. There's an intimate moment but with, not intimate, but like a, a nice heart-to-heart with Alice right. and um, and Soma after um, we find out her father's brother, her uncle, basically lost, lost his wife and um, his only daughter is like fighting for her life. And so um, we get a heart-to-heart about how you know the the forest is you know doesn't need protection and the and nature is powerful and nature is beautiful however nature will yeah, basically his stubbornness is what caused yeah and so, yeah basically we find out that her father was against the the cutting of the trees even though the trees would have helped it still would have been a possibility because there's no way to stop nature um and it's very applicable to today's society where you know we need to do stuff in terms of like deforestation we have to stop deforestation we have to do like forest culling and things like that maintenance um but in reality nature is nature nature is powerful nature holds no bard um you know like it's it's a real topic that uh, you know as we uh, you know fucking go along people want to deny like climate change and all that shit but nature really really is like the central theme for this and so basically we get that heart to heart it's good heart to heart um the basically once the soma's relief team he calls for a relief team they come and he goes back to the vil to the uh to the to the the city and as he's doing that he's having a heart to heart with uh with leisha and he basically says like oh you know like i failed and leisha's like no you did great you say people da 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 and he's like yeah but part of my role as a king is i need to fucking prevent these things we didn't do anything to prevent it my role isn't to to act after the fact my role is to act before the fact and i failed and he basically breaks down balls crying in front of leisha and leisha's like so ma like he does she doesn't know how to act because her beloved that she loves so much now is like you know like, just like he's vulnerable moments. type of thing yeah it is vulnerable moments so it was a, a really good episode as a whole not a lot of action like always um wasn't very funny but um we did get a good lesson a I little guess. bit of conflict <laughs> yeah 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 and it, it was good Oh, yeah, a lot of I got I got this. There's still nothing groundbreaking, but it's still an enjoyable series. 
Uh, there's no way they're going to wrap this up in very soon episodes. No, not a chance in hell. But, you know, this is – I still recommend it because it's such a unique take on Isekai. Yeah. And, you know, as I mentioned, I watched Tsukamichi, which is an Isekai. I watched Million uh, Million Lives, which is an Isekai. And Realist Hero is such a, a, a different way of looking at it. You know, like a hero that isn't OP, a hero that doesn't use crazy powers, a hero that's not constantly fighting. It's a hero who's building – a, a world basically with his wit and his his knowledge and you know we see a little bit of slice of life with his relationship with Alicia and, and Alicia and um things like that so it, I'd still appreciate it uh, people that well that love isekai may not appreciate it as much but at the same time because it's such a unique take on it it's still if you're an isekai fan something that you should definitely watch and I think Matthew um at the end of the episode we should do an isekai recommendation this week yeah, we could do that. All right, we'll do that at the end of the episode. All right. Um, and moving then, on. Moving on. Uh, Aquatope. Oh, such we a got a beach episode. And it was one of the better beach episodes. <laughs> yes, it wasn't uh, It wasn't a fan service type beach episode. It was just uh, OG telling Cougar, like, hey, you got to give you guys the day off. You got to understand as a good director to know when to take a break. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. don't come here. All of you, go enjoy your day. And Cougar hates it because she wants to. She just wants the money for the aquarium. Mm-hmm. I was just like, hey, I don't give a fuck. Go. The old <laughs> man, Urusan, uh, Urusan was taking care of everything. Yeah, like, like, hey, he's back from work, so we he, we can work. We could abuse him before he goes injured again. Yeah, for real. Uh, but anyway, uh, they get to the beach. We get uh, Kukuru, Fuka, everyone at the beach. And then you see uh, Kai's siblings. Mm-hmm. No, Kai's sister. Kai's sister, and then a boy who's constantly there who actually likes Kai's sister. Uh, I think she. I know. I think he's related to someone. I think Karin. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. No, she's not. He's or, not related, or Tsukimi. No, he's not related to anybody in particular. He's just a, a boy. Oh, just, okay, so he's just like the friend of the. Of the he's little. a friend who's uh, uh, basically a constant visitor. He's got a year long pass, and he always comes along. He actually he shares Kukuru's like nature in terms of, you know, of of the love of of Aqua, uh, Aqua. Almost I was going to say Aquatope, but that's not right. You know, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. 
Um, and, and the little sister not, hates Kukuru. And yes, the little sister hates Kukuru. Um, it's very Fuku. funny. Like, but, hey, uh, d- hey, uh, Kai, you should marry Fuka instead of Kukuru. Yeah, and we even get a little bit of a little bit of a um, Yuri tease. But you know, it's clear to me that this isn't going to be a Yuri. I think there's definitely going to. I, I think it's just fifty fifty at this point. <sighs> I don't think so, bro. I think the the, the guys are going to get with the girls in some capacity. We just don't know in, in what way. Um, yeah. The episode, though, with the meat of the episode truly is the focus on Kuya, which is the the really like down, sulking, fucking uh, adult. Hates, with the, women. Hates yeah. working with women. <laughs> Hates working with women. Everything's a drag, all that shit. But we find out why that is. Um, basically, Kukuru is like, oh, we're right here. They end up basically, the barbecue spot is in front of Gama Gama. So they're like, oh, we're ready here. Like, I'm just going to take a peek, see how things are going. And as she sees there, she sees uh, Kuya already there talking with her grandfather. And they're basically talking about how Kuya, you know, could get a new job and he didn't almost call back somebody who wanted to hire him. But Kuya doesn't want to get another job. He just wants the the aquarium to stay. And we find out the immense respect that Kuya has for Kukuru's grandfather. We find out from um, I forget the girl. What's the name of the, the, the tourism lady? Not 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 the Udon girl. The other one. Yeah, not Udon. Um, uh, Tsukimi. Is it Tsukimi? Um, blue hair, right? No, the Tsukimi is the is the one from uh, is Udon. Tsukimi is Udon. A uh, Karin. Oh yeah, sorry, Karin. Yes, Karin. So we find out from Karin that she used to be classmates with Kuya, and she tells them the story. She tells the girls the story about how Kuya was a really energetic, popular, really bright and fucking outspoken guy, and he basically gets asked out by the by the the, the head of a Mean Girls like faction, and he says no, like he wasn't interested, so he rejects her. So in retaliation, like this girl fucks his life up, and creates these crazy rumors, so crazy so much that fucking um the cops get involved and so this disenfranchises um Kuya with women and with with life and he becomes a recluse and eventually um when the police do get involved he said fuck it and he quits school and he kind of loses his way he doesn't know what to do until he finds the aquarium and uh Kukuru's grandfather takes him in and we see that you know we see him like develop from being like a shitty worker to a really good worker and um his dependence on Kuya and basically Kukuru's grandfather becomes like a second father figure to Kuya and that's why uh, the aquarium means so much to Kuya and why Kukuru's right. grandfather means so much to Kuya so it's a really nice episode and then at the same time that uh that Kar- yeah, Karine is Kuk- telling her yeah Kuru Kukuru hears all this and she just gets heartbroken like she thinks that their OG just giving up on wants to sell it like yeah. that's it yeah that, that's the conversation with um with uh with Kukuru I'm sorry with Kuya and uh, and her grandfather yeah, so Kukuru but, starts sorry well, go ahead now, sorry, but I was going to say, but while this story is happening and Karine's telling the girls Kuya's story, Kuya's, you know, talking to um to to Kai. And by the way, they're all drunk, which is very interesting. They're all like yeah. and they're fucking drinking. But in any case, they're all drunk. And basically he basically tells her he tells him, you know, a similar story, you know, about about his circumstance and stuff. And um, it, it basically came with a nice moral of the story, basically in terms of, of fighting for, for, you know, what you want, I guess, and stuff. So, yeah, um, it was a really, really solid episode. We get the backdrop from Kuya. So, um, yeah, I loved it. Great episode. And by yeah. the way, I love, I absolutely love, to me, the, the ED for Aquatope is the ED of the season. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> This and Vanitas are very close together. <laughs> I have to listen to Vanitas's. I still have not listened to Vanitas's. Low key, um, Duke of Death is also really good. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, fucking, I could just see like a beautiful concert happening whenever I hear the ED for fucking Aqua. So to me, it's it's my fucking ED. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, great episode for sure. Um, moving on, let's go. How many do we have left? We have we got two left. Let's go. Let's go with Duke of Death. We'll close a Kageki Shoujo. <laughs> okay. Um, Duke of Death. So, uh, yeah, another good episode of Duke of Death. Um, basically, the first half focuses on um, on uh, Viola. Viola and Calf, and you see the Walter. I think that's the brother's yeah, name. Yeah, that, that's the brother's name. So basically, it starts off with Walter uh, finding out that Viola's been visiting her brother, and Walter is a dick. He hates his brother because he's the firstborn, and he's got this curse, and it's preventing him from fucking taking over as the head of the family. Yep. It's all that's all he cares about. But Viola, like we said before, genuinely cares about her brother and stuff. So he defends her, and then at the same time tells her brother, like, please don't tell mom I'm visiting him because her mom's a bitch. Their mom is a bitch, and so he actually does. Doesn't tell. Says that she's going. Yeah, to- because of his one weakness, being number two. He's he's fucking Bono. Bono. Uh, Bono like the bitty. <laughs> yeah, so he bitches a lot about being number two, and so, um, you know, we get and we get some playfulness between Viola and everybody that's there. As uh, Matt said, basically, <laughs> he meets Cuff, and uh, Cuff is there because she's illiterate, and so she's trying to learn how to to, re- to read and write. To press Zane to impress zane which is cute and so uh viola meets her for the first time thinks she's a burglar and attacks her and we see like a kind of cute etchy moment between them but it's funny how um everybody mistake mistakes i'm like oh we'll just come back you guys are busy you know doing yeah well she, well she got her tied up yeah like, tied up. And, and on top of her like and you she, can't go anywhere yeah for real that was funny that i laughed at that um but yeah it is episode you know a Back, back and forth a little bit of viola and rob and whatnot but the center of the episode basically focuses on uh, alice and bochan and they're playing chess on a cold stormy night uh winter night and so it's a snowstorm outside and um alice starts reminiscing on the first time that she met bochan and we see bochan at his lowest and his full despair after, the, after he's cursed um he's by himself all he has is rob and Alice comes in and he's like, how dare you bring somebody? I didn't tell you to hire nobody. And he, and we see Bochan is just a complete asshole to fucking Alice. And they tell him like, oh, you guys have met before. Say, like, I don't fucking know where I would have met her. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And he basically tests her and um, throughout the episode. And she does everything she can because Alice, even at this time, still genuinely loves and, and cares about um about bochan and eventually he manages to she manages to basically impress him so and she's there for him comforts him when he's crying all of that and then something clicks with bochan after he basically says like oh i'm gonna just die so he goes out in the middle of a snowstorm and he's resigned himself to death and alice saves him and um he realizes like oh shit like there was a girl that i used to, that was my friend i never saw her oh my God, that girl is Alice. And that's when he realizes that he likes Alice and their feelings are reaffirmed and he accepts her and all of that. So that was a very, very cute, uh, very, very cute, uh, I guess, moment between them. And it was a very cute episode as a whole, like always. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I definitely like the whole backstory and how um, Alice remembers when uh, Bochan saves her, when she when uh, she was done taking care of her aunt, very ill. <clears throat> Basically, like she was a loner, the Bochan actually made her like genuinely happy, and then she wanted to repay that at the uh, to the very end. 
Mm-hmm. That's why she decided, like, yeah, I know about Jacaris. I know about everything. That's why I want to be here with you. I want to be with you forever type of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I chose this. And like, she, like, she, she confessed without saying it, basically. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. a way. And I thought it was really sweet and very well done. Yeah, I mean, honestly, bro, like, if the if the if the couple of the season isn't gonna come from fucking from remake, uh, it's Bloodshot and Alice. I just, yeah, no, I'm not watching Vanitas, but uh, even I know, I know, it, he, like, he, I, he, I love this stuff in Vanitas, but I would definitely still say Bloodshot and Alice. So. Yeah, Bloodshot and Alice, unless we get an, a nice relationship from Kekeki Shoujo at some point, but I don't know. I don't know the way we're looking, probably not. Uh, I will talk about Kageki Shoujo because this yes. one, this one I paid attention to. Like, I'm so mad, bro. I'm so I, mad. I, I know, but at the same Kyra. time, but at the same time, I understand. <laughs> I get it. I just, you know, I, I felt bad right. for my boy. Uh, Caro, the what, the got the girl, even hated. No, I don't really hate her. I, I mean, thought, I, I thought she was the one you didn't like. No, I don't like fucking um, what's her face's sensei. Oh, I talk. I was talking about the students. I thought you didn't like her in terms of students. No, I don't like the other bitch, the one with the the class president. She's a bitch. Oh, okay. Sorry, okay. I didn't really oh, like. Person. I didn't like Caro at first, but then we understand the pressure, and especially with this episode, that definitely helps warm you yeah, up. Yeah, she had she had so much pressure into going mm-hmm. this, and you find about sort of vacation. She went home yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, there was a there was a, there was this bus stop with uh, Suji. And Kyle, where they met, like about what a couple years ago, we we were we would like to say, year before, year before. Sorry, before she got the academy, and then she was a senior. To... Yeah, she was a senior in high school, trying her best because that she, she, had, apply. she This was her final year for the yeah. to get to get to the school. Is not... yeah, she had failed three times, and you know, people that she had trained with had all gotten in, but she hadn't. Don't yeah, know why. And, it's not the and, uh, yeah, and she wanted to be in the co- the Kyoka trope, which is where the mm-hmm. females are. Play the male roles type of mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. and then uh, you find out again the her grandma's in the hospital. Uh, you find out more about like the pressure again, like she the fact that and it shows it shows that family connections don't get you this position, which is good in yeah, reality. Like, like you well, still, some, yeah, some for else. for some places, yeah, like you still mm-hmm. have to earn it. And then she hears uh, Suji talk talking a little bit, like, "Hey, like your brother's a famous baseball player. Okay, could you give this to him?" It's like, no. Mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with that. Like this, and breaks that girl's heart. Yeah, and good, rightfully so, because that's not mm-hmm. he's not a messenger; he's his own person. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, because of the fact that they were overshadowed by previous families, like they were popular than, than them type of thing, they're still trying to find their own identity in terms of what they want to do for the future. Mm-hmm. They bonded over that, mm-hmm. and we get a lot of sweet moments with that. Mm-hmm. But eventually, it's like uh, Suji, like, do you really want to play baseball? Because he's he was always a bench warmer. Mm-hmm. He's like, why am I wasting my time? Do you ever feel that way? And in a very powerful and emotional moment, we see and that, Karo, and, and that got her. Yeah, Caro breaks down, and she's like, no, I've never felt that way because this is what I want. I really want this. No one will understand how much I want this. I figured you, you said, did. And but, then she said goodbye um, to him. Yeah, not like you. Goodbye. And you see the fucking fireworks going off. And normally with Hanabi episodes, as I alluded previously, they're very happy. They advance relationships. In this instance, this Hanabi episode, 
killed this relationship. She ran with tears in her eyes and, and, and the, singing. She was singing. singing in the previous episode. Yeah, previously in the in in the episode, she um was, was running run on the beach and sing, and she struggled. And in, in this moment of sadness and despair, she's running in her fucking sandals in her kimono, and she's singing, and she's singing beautifully as the fireworks are going off behind her, and there's tears streaming down her eyes, and she completes the song, and it's a beautiful song that's told as well. And so, um, yeah, dude, she goes through all the extremes. She blocks his number. Um, yeah, wants she, nothing to do with him, and then what? eventually. Oh. She gets in, like she eventually gets in. That uh, she's walking down the street and she sees the TV. It's a baseball game, mm-hmm. and she sees Suji on there. I think mm-hmm. he's actually playing. And, and he then the home run wins. She starts night. crying like she yeah. was happy for him. Yeah. And then you find out they they lost the championship game in the first round. <laughs> like ah. Yeah. But regardless, he still he had that moment, and in a beautiful twist at the end. This is basically a daydream, and we find yeah. out. Summer was. This is a daydream. We return to present life and we see uh, Sarasa uh, tell her, like, oh, like, uh, Caro, Caro, look. And then it, it's a this viral bus stop. It's a viral um, thing. They're like, isn't this your hometown? This is a bus stop. And they said, somebody left a letter on the bus stop and it said, 2K, I'm still playing baseball. I hope things are going well for you. And then it basically says, please leave it up for the summer. Um, and so they're like, no one knows if it's for a man or a girl or who wrote it, whether it was a boy yeah, or a girl. They, but but it's romantic, it and Carl knew immediately who it was. It was addressed to her. And Sarah says, like, isn't that so romantic? And Carl, for the first time, smiles. And she said, yeah, yeah, that is really romantic. And in her head, she's like, you know, um, one day, you know, when I make it big and I'm, I'm a top star, um, I'm going to leave you box seats. And then hopefully we can talk about how I used to love you. And it was like, fuck, bro. That was yeah. that was that was a great. That was a nice little yeah, talk. This is probably my favorite for the week. So, uh, it, I don't think this was my favorite. I think my favorite goes to remake. No, honestly, no. Um, Revenges or or Aquatope? Ah, uh, uh, yeah, those are fair. Those are fair. But as well, I like the backstory of Cairo and then Suji. That dynamic. What could have been? Like they. Like she has thought about it. I don't like, you know. Truth be told, I don't like what could have been because I think about that a lot with my relationships, especially because like I communicate with some of these girls consistently, you know. Still, which you shouldn't do. Advice, you know, if that's the road that you end up on, don't revisit that. But because I'm stupid and I do, I always think about the what ifs with you know situations that I'm in, and so I don't like looking at at what ifs because it, it hits home. Um, but yeah, at the same time, because it does hit home, it, it does make it more meaningful and more impactful to me. So I totally understand why you thought this would be your, yeah. your speed, for sure. This is definitely up to my speed. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, closing thoughts for the seasonal episodes. Um, I can't wait to see Uramichi. I can't wait to see uh, To Your Eternity. Um, I'm looking forward tomorrow to um, to Slime because we're going to get the Walpurgis arc. And, uh, of course, you know, I'm looking forward to everything else that we're going to get with uh, My Villain Academia, with um, with Remake and, and the Love Story and, and everything else, Aquatope, and see how that develops and see what we get from there. So um, a lot of exciting shit, and I'm looking forward to it. All right, we're going to take one more commercial break. We'll give you our anime recommendation, and then we are going to sign off. Stay tuned. All right, we're back. Tadaima! 
All right, and as Ethan mentioned, we are going to do a Ishikai recommendation mm-hmm. for all mm-hmm. of you lovely people. Ethan, since you picked it, we'll let you go first. Isekai recommendation. I, I have an obvious one, but I want to see if I can pick a less obvious one. It's just, there's so many good isekais. It's very hard to fucking pick a particular one. Right. Um, I'm trying to go through my list really quick to see if I can find a good fucking isekai. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with my comedy isekai because it's always the best. Konosuba. I was going to go with ReZero, but eh, I don't want to put depression. Let's go with fucking uh, ReZero. You know, honestly, um, one thing, as we mentioned last week, uh, Mashoko Tensei, uh, part two of, I'm sorry, core two of season one was announced. So if I'm going to suggest a newer one, um, I would definitely suggest everybody catch up on Mashoko Tensei. It's available on, on Hulu. Um, so you can watch the first half. Um, and it gets good. Everyone knows at the beginning, it's a little etchy, uh, with some sexual portions, but as a whole, um, it's a really good isekai. So if you want to watch one that's current for sure, definitely watch that one. And again, in the fall season, I believe it's in fall. Um, we're going to get uh, core two of season one. So for sure. All right. So that's your recommendation. Mm-hmm. All right, um, this one people are already know, and it kind of counts. Uh, Inuyasha. Mm. It, it technically does count in isekais. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's another world, except she didn't die. She just she just come and go as she wishes. Mm. <laughs> or until then. But uh, anyway, everyone knows Inuyasha, Kagome, Naraku, probably one of the better villains in that type of genre. <laughs> uh, Shishomaru. Roku, Sango. Again, a lot a lot of great characters. Um mm-hmm. definitely rushed with the final act, but then again, mm-hmm. that feels like they had to end it. Uh just don't watch uh Yashahime. <laughs> uh, that was a train wreck. It started good. It started good. Mm-hmm. But uh what'd you call it? Uh Yashika is the only one that's Something that could actually feel like an Inuyasha show, just not Toa and Setsuna. Mm-hmm. What was it name? Tora? I think. I don't know. I don't watch Inuyasha, so I don't know. Okay. Anyway, yeah, that's my uh, recommendation, Inuyasha. Uh, we talked our cake. We ate it too. We are now full of cake. Follow me on Twitter at DamienPhoenix12. Uh, you, uh, we want to thank W2M Network for having us on their various. Uh, podcasts like Spotify, Amazon, Apple. Uh, we also want to thank Chairshot Radio for having us on there for the iHeartRadio and various. Uh, we can listen to your favorite local podcasts, uh, even your plugs. Yep, you can catch me on my anime Instagram, AI underscore anime24. You can catch me on my podcast, Instagram, podcast.senpai. Um, you can catch me on Twitter at SHOSTOPPA24. Catch me on analyst.co at SHOSTOPPA249. Um, if you click in the uh the the link uh, link trees inside of any of those bios you'll find links to my other stuff including my other two podcasts the Orlando Tragics podcast shout out to B Ronin available on Spotify Apple Music and on SoundCloud um, shout out to the MMA for Marks podcast available on YouTube um, and then we're now going to switch to audio soon so we're going to see how where we'll upload that stay tuned for that um, and I think that's it. Uh, until next time, arigato, and after ofaku, and sayonara.
Sayonara, minasan! Saving starts with Xfinity. Get a great price on Xfinity Internet. Plus, ask how to get an eligible 5G phone on us. And for a limited time, $300 back when you add Xfinity Mobile. Go to Xfinity.com slash start saving. Call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. There's nothing more important than being with the people you love. And with Verbo, you can find the right space and amenities to stay together and make new memories together. Verbo has private, whole vacation homes for the whole family. So whether it's around the pool, grill, or patio, your family will have the space and privacy to finally relax and reconnect. Download the Verbo app. The time for getting back together is now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.